Women Taking the Lead, Episode 217. I love to pay compliments to people. And I don't care how simple it is. It could be complimenting somebody on their scarf because it brings out the color of their eyes. It could be some work that they've done that they don't really think was that important, but I recognize the hard work they put into something. And I really feel like when you compliment people, no matter what it is that you bring out, you watch them shine, right? Because people don't receive compliments enough. And especially when it comes into like the work field, when you help people see beyond where they think they are, it really inspires people and it gets them to want to do more. And so I really believe that the one skill that I really have that helps is bringing out people's true potential by recognizing who they are, focusing on some strengths that they have and letting them see that they can have more in their life that they really want it. They just have to go after it and believe in themselves. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Are you sick of attending conferences or investing in programs only to find you don't have the time or support to implement what you've learned or launch that brilliant idea that came to you? Seth Godin's Alt-MBA workshop is an intensive leadership and management workshop designed so that 75% of your time is spent on applying what you learn. By working on 13 projects during the month, you're constantly pushing ahead and creating a body of work as proof. It's not about passively learning. It's about actively putting those concepts into practice until they become habit. The idea is to rewire your brain to make new, better habits and have the platform to practice those habits. Over a thousand people from 580 cities and 49 countries around the world have done the Alt-MBA. Challenging? Yes. But our friends at Seth Godin's Alt-MBA believe the rewards are so worth it. Ask any of their alumni. While most online courses barely approach a 7% completion rate, the Alt-MBA has an astonishing 96% completion rate. Their alumni say they do it again in a heartbeat. They're now accepting applications for the summer and fall sessions. To find out more, visit altmba.com forward slash women taking the lead. And for special consideration, you can mention this podcast in their application and tell them Jody Flynn sent you. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Linda Adams, who has worn many hats and is never afraid to try something new in order to expand her horizons. She has been exploring personal and professional development for a number of years and has a desire to educate people on how to have more fulfillment and success in all the areas of their life. She's the marketing director for Essential Living Maine magazine, a host for the Portland, Maine WMPG radio show, Successful Balanced Living. She's a coach teaching people how to build residual-based income and was recently elected to the Westbrook, Maine City Council. Linda, that's just a little overview for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. 
Well, thank you so much, Jody. I appreciate you asking me onto your show. And I'm honored to think that you're, you think of me as a woman taking the lead. And, um, you know, hearing that little list of the things that I'm currently doing just kind of throws me back to how my life has been. I'm, I'm actually, I'm 47 years old. And when I think about all the different things I've done in my life, it kind of blows my mind. Um, some people might call me crazy because of all the things that I've tried, but I just really consider myself entrepreneurial spirited and just really, um, taking the lead, you know, being the courageous one when other people might not have had the courage to do what I've done. And I'm very, very fortunate and blessed to lead the life that I lead. Um, just to kind of take you back a little bit, I'm going to actually give kudos to my mom because it really was her encouragement from a very young age who always instilled in me to go after what I wanted, whether I felt that I qualified for it or whatever it was, she just taught me that reach beyond where you are now. And she actually helped me get my very first job. I actually worked in a real estate office as the secretary or office administrator. And I was only 17 at the time. And it was a, that was kind of my first exposure to a strong woman owned business. There was a woman that owned that real estate agency and she really took me under her wing and showed me the real estate world and how to run an office. And so that was my first exposure to kind of being in the entrepreneurial world and from that point forward, my mother's advice always was to me was apply for things, even if you don't think you qualify for them and sell yourself in your resume and then at the interview. And so based on that advice, that's always what I did. I would apply for things that I kind of fit the, fit the job description, but not 100%. And I really did sell myself and my resume to land that interview. And then in the interview, everything just always went right. And I don't know if it was my gut instinct or my intuition or what it was, but again, I've just been very fortunate to try a lot of different things in my life and being courageous to um, think outside the box and go after some things that maybe I didn't qualify for. Oh, I love that story, Linda, because you really showcase that balance of having women in your life who were very wise and sharing their wisdom with you and also trusting your inner wisdom as well. I mean, you got great advice, you got great opportunities, but what I also heard in what you said is you also go with your gut instinct and that has served you well. Absolutely. And there's, you know, there's, does that mean I haven't been scared to make some decisions or stretch beyond? Of course not. I mean, I, I'm just like everybody else. I've had that fear of, well, what if this happens and what if that happens or what, you know, trying to sell myself on, well, maybe I really shouldn't apply for that, or maybe I shouldn't go after that. But again, I just over time have learned to listen to that, you know, instinct that I have and, know that it was okay to make that decision and just move forward with it. Mm -hmm. And Linda, you know, reading your bio, hearing about some of the things you've been up to, you know, you've clearly been, you know, confident in going after certain things, partially due to your mom and the exposure she helped you to get, um, and, and partly due to your, just your own chutzpah <laughs> going after things. <laughs> but there's always that, that human connection we have in that there are times when we 
don't see our value, right? We don't feel confident about something. And so we hold ourselves back a little bit. Um, and this next question, you know, was inspired by the Marianne Williamson quote, where she talks about playing small. So I ask each of my guests to share a story of a time in their life when they were playing small and the lessons they've learned. So Linda, I'm giving the mic back to you. Take it away. Okay. Well, I think the biggest moment, and this is actually a, a moment in my life when I realized how we can affect our bodies physically by the mental thoughts that we think and how we can freak ourselves out and what it really can do to us. And the time is, this is approximately seven, eight years ago, I had gotten involved in a network marketing company and I'd been involved in a couple other ones, but I had never really done any formal public speaking. And so I was asked to do a presentation prior to the number one earner in the whole world for this company. I mean, huge, huge deal. And there were going to be a hundred people there. I had only done the same presentation once before, two weeks prior to that. Didn't have any time in between really to practice with anybody. And it just was thrown at me last minute. Like, hey, can you do the presentation before so-and-so? And immediately I freaked out. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this guy travels around the world and speaks to thousands and tens of thousands of people at a time. And you want me to get up and do the presentation before him and introduce him? So talk about playing small. That's exactly what I did. And it, the, my first gut reaction was, I can't do that. Now, mind you, I had been singing in a band for a couple weeks, I mean, a couple years prior to that event. So I was already familiar with being on stage in front of people, but that was a different realm. That was singing, right? So I, I at first said no, but then I said, well, you know what? I can't do this. I think I can do it. Well, come to the event day, I brought my mother and my aunt with me to sit in the front row to calm my nerves. And I physically was sick. My mind was so jacked up and freaking myself out about having to get up there and do the presentation that literally I'm sitting there for about 15, 20 minutes trying to figure out how I can leave the room and go get sick in the bathroom because that's the point I was at physically. And all of a sudden, I hear my name being, in, being introduced to the room and I have to get up and something just pushed me out of my chair, got me up in front of the room and I did the presentation and I don't even really remember it because I, again, I was so freaked out that, but then I introduced the, the, the feature presenter. And then after the whole event happened, he came up to me and he said, I can totally tell that you sing in a band because you were so comfortable up there. He had no idea. Mm -hmm. Nobody had any idea that I was ready to throw up literally on stage and I, it, I looked calm and cool and I had no idea. I thought I was looking like a bumbling idiot up there. And, you know, so I learned a couple things from that. First of all, your mind definitely can play tricks on your body and it can physically make you sick if you let it. And then second of all is I did play small. I knew I could do that. I had the presentation down. I'm very comfortable in front of people and talking in front of the pub and pub public and singing. So why couldn't I have done that? And that, you know, people do really want you to succeed when you're doing public speaking. And we sell it ourselves on thinking everyone wants us to fail, mm -hmm. right? And, and we just do that to ourselves. So um, that was my playing small moment, thinking I couldn't do it. 
but I was totally capable and I did it. And then after that, it was a breeze. I had no problem doing public speaking after that. Yeah. So many great lessons in that, Linda, too. And what I really want to underscore as well, because there is this misconception that we have to be confident before we can do something. And that's not true. You don't have to feel confident doing something to, to take the leap or take the risk or step up. You can do it. You can do it feeling like you're going to throw up. right? And you'll be fine. And Linda, what a lesson learned that you were great. Like you had a great response on the audience. It didn't matter that you didn't feel confident. Absolutely. Yeah. That that was such an eye opener for me. And I, you know, and I've actually used that, the mindset of that lesson going forward, because I used to be scared to death of flying. Like I had a one bad experience one time with really strong turbulence and I and I got sick on the plane. And after that, my mind kept making me think the same thing was going to happen. And so I would be sick before every flight that I would have to take. But after that happened to me, that presentation, and I realized it really was mentally, my, my body was reacting physically to what I was thinking mentally, yeah. that I now am okay with flying. I talk myself through it and I have no issues. That, that is a great example of an epiphany that can ripple across many areas of your life that if you have an aha moment, it doesn't, it doesn't pertain to just that area. And I think what you real realized in that moment was how powerful the mind is and that you can talk yourself out of it as well. As much as your mind can talk you into being freaked out and scared, if you can recognize what's going on, you can stop it. It's true. Oh, yep. Linda, thank you so much for that story. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you for another story. Okay. This time it's about a time in your journey when you had a wake up call, an epiphany, an aha moment. Um but this one ha- then leads to some form of success. So tell us another story about a wake up call and what what steps you took that led you there. Okay. Um, well, I, this is actually just a couple of years ago. I was working for the city of Westbrook here in Maine. I was the city clerk. I'd been there for seven years and I just was getting to a point where I wasn't feeling satisfied anymore. And I really couldn't put my finger on it. I just knew that I wasn't, my soul wasn't being fed and I didn't have any passion left for my job. And I started talking about wanting to leave my job and a certain position came up that really was going to be more of a part-time role, but it was a role I really thought I could do well. And I still had my network marketing business from years before. So my mind was, okay, I want to apply for this part-time job with the city and I want to focus on my network marketing business and I can do both of them together. And that was my sole focus. Like that's what I was going to do. I believe wholeheartedly that was what was going to happen. I went through the interview process and Come to find out I wasn't offered the job, even though I was pretty assured by many people um, in the decision making process that I would get the job. I didn't get offered it and I was crushed. And I said, now, what am I going to do? You know, I pretty much had sold myself on thinking that that was what was going to happen. And so then I was depressed. I'm like, now I'm at this job still that I really don't want to be here. So I really started looking around for different jobs and no kidding within a week. After that happened, something transpired with my my network marketing business that was an aha moment for me that I knew it was going to take off leaps and bounds in a certain area that I was going to be okay to just do that. 
And so I talked to my husband and we said, you know what? I I think I can do this. I've already done this much part-time. If I could leave my job and really focus on this full-time, I can bring it to the level it needs to be at. And so I plan on doing that. And while that, when I was in the middle of making that decision, the, the person they offered the other job to for the city didn't take it. And they came back to me and I was their second choice and they offered me the job. And I was very, very polite. And I just said, you know what, if this had been days after that interview, then I would have taken it. But things have honestly happened that has woken me up to let me know that I wasn't supposed to take that job at all. And so I politely declined. And within a couple of weeks, I gave my notice at my job and I left. And then what happened was I thought I was supposed to go on this one path and that wasn't the path I took at all. All of a sudden, Essential Living Maine magazine comes into my life within a couple months after leaving my job. And now I'm looking at buying that magazine two years later. So the lesson I learned from that was, first of all, everything happens for a reason and you need to pay attention to the signs in your life that's leading you down the path you're supposed to take. And then on top of that, even if it doesn't go as how you think it's supposed to be, where I was supposed to get that job and then I was supposed to leave and focus on my other business and that didn't happen. I ended up refocusing on a magazine, which has led to my life's purpose. That right there is what I was putting out to the universe. I was putting that out there that I wanted to be able to help people with their health and their wellness. And I didn't know how to do it because I had no degree, no experience. Who am I to tell people what to do? But yet now that's exactly what I'm doing is I'm connecting people with a resource to help educate them on how to live a healthier, balanced life. So I am blessed beyond blessed. And I am so grateful that I took the leap of courage to leave my job and just followed where I was supposed to go. Yeah, that's definitely what I heard in your story, Linda, the the wake up call and the steps you you know, took that led to your success was all around, not that there was the perfect opportunity, but that you just, you know, took the next step that made sense to you. Like you, you moved away from things that didn't interest you, where you had no passion for those things and just kept pivoting a little bit and a little bit and a little bit towards the things that did interest you, that you were passionate about. And it ultimately led you to where you are now. And that is the perfect example of the path to success is not a straight line. It's very, yes. it's very zigzagged. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But you but you got to listen to yourself and you have to take action. That's where I see a lot of women get tripped up is one, they're not paying attention. They're not listening. You know, they, they sense something's off in their life, but they're not doing the inner work and the self-reflection to see what exactly what's going on. And then once they figure that out, the other place they'll get tripped up is they're afraid to take action. You know, they're afraid to take that step. It feels too risky. It feels like too much, but you won't be able to get, you would have never gotten to main essential living if you hadn't taken that step out in your network marketing business first. Like there was a step before the step. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Oh, Linda, great stories. All right. Well, here, here, I'm definitely interested in this because we've chatted about this a little bit. My philosophy is there is no one way to lead, right? We're, We're all perfect just the way we are. We just have to identify our own strengths and apply those to uh, our leadership style. 
And where another place where we can all get tripped up is when we try to emulate too closely somebody else's style, especially when that person's personality doesn't match ours, their strengths don't match our strengths. So then we get we get a little like wobbly in our leadership because we're trying to be something we're not. So again, it's important to do that self-reflection and to see what you can bring to the table. So Linda, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, um, I don't know how I have this ability, but I have an ability of being able to get along with pretty much anybody and allow them to open up and share things with me they might not share with other people. And why I call that a good good way to lead is that you that's a good way of getting people to work together. If you can recognize other people's strengths by making them feel comfortable and having them open up to you, then you can actually bring a team of people together and get them to all work together. And so I've done like a lot of event planning in my past. And to try and plan an event when you've got, let's say, 10 people all working together on one committee, you know, you've got strong personalities, maybe you've got some shy personalities, but really what you have to do is ask a lot of questions to really figure out who are these people, right? And what are their strengths and how are they going to be best utilized when doing this? And so I have this natural ability of making people feel comfortable. Even if I meet someone for the first time, I let them talk and I really listen to them. And when people are allowed to be heard, then they talk more and you learn more. And so that's how you're able to get people to work better together because then that's, you know more about them, right? Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I've always done in any leadership role that I've had along those lines is that I never make a decision that's going to affect someone else unless I really know where they're coming from because everybody has their opinions and their input, especially on their own job. So if you're being asked as a leader to make some decisions that are going to affect other people in your organization, your business, or whatever it is, then I would encourage you to go to them and include them in the decision-making process and let them be heard. People want to talk about what they do. They want to help in different organizations they're involved with, but you need to allow them the opportunity to do that. So I really believe being a good listener is key to being a good leader and then asking questions to the people that are going to help you make some changes in whatever organization you're involved in. Mm -hmm. Getting their buy-in is so huge. And if you include them in the decision-making process, they're more likely to buy in. Absolutely. Love that. Yeah, I've seen it time and time again. Mm -hmm. And I've also seen you apply this leadership style, not just to working with a team, but across the board, because one, one thing you and I have also chatted about is like, what a great connector you are. You know a lot of people and you not only know them, you really know them because you have spent time getting to know people people as people, like getting to know the person behind the name or behind the business. And because of that, you're able to connect them with opportunities that they wouldn't be able to find on their own. That is true. And, and again, I don't know how I've become a connector, but that's really every time I run into people now, they're like, oh my gosh, you're such a great connector. You know, everybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy. I mean, I don't get you know, there's no direct benefit to me per se, like financially or whatever, by connecting people, it just makes me feel good. You know, if I'm talking to somebody, I, as a matter of fact, I just had an appointment this morning with an acupuncturist and she was talking about, 
you know, focusing on infertility and this and that. And I said, oh, I said, well, do you know this doctor? Because that's what she focuses on too. And she's like, well, I've been wanting to meet her. I said, great. I know her too. I said, let me connect you guys. And hopefully you guys can both benefit from referring to each other. So, you know, I just like to be helpful. That's, mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to. And, and I like to talk to a lot of different people. I like to be curious. I like asking a lot of questions and that's how you get to know people a lot more. And and I don't know, I guess I have a really good Rolodex in my brain because then all of a sudden that card comes out and I'm like, oh, do you know this person? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it, it, there might not be a direct benefit all the time, but it does come around. Good. You know, 100%. when when you do good things, good things come back to you. And, that is true. And speaking of good things, Linda, what is something you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Well, I would say that, you know, along the lines of my magazine, Essential Living Maine, I I had already mentioned I'm in the process of looking at buying that publication. And I really, over the next year, want to double the size of that magazine because we're just getting such great feedback on everything. Everybody is learning from it. And it's really making a positive impact in our communities. But then beyond that, I want to work with the owner of this publication, and her goal is to expand into multiple states. So we're looking at once we get this established, I mean, it's already established in Maine, but once we grow it to a certain point, then we're going to go into other states like Colorado, Arizona, Florida, all these more progressive health states, and helps find licensees there as well, and just expand where we can expand the magazine to, but keep the magazine of the local flavor of that area, and so that they're going to do exactly what we're doing in Maine, connecting with local practitioners and business owners to help educate them on their resources in their area to help them live a healthy life as well. Very cool. And on the flip side of things, what would you say is your biggest leadership or business challenge? Oh, gosh. Well, right now, I would say balancing everything and staying healthy. <laughs> I I tend to take on a ton of stuff. And I do know the word no, but it doesn't always enter my vocabulary when I'm asked to do something I really want to do. So I have a lot of irons in the fire right now, and I've been really striving hard to eat healthier and exercise. So my biggest challenge is staying healthy and balanced and knowing that I can do everything, setting my limits where I need to set my limits, but then also doing the things that I'm really passionate about and you know, I really have had to kind of take an evaluation of my life and the things that I was spending time on and who I was hanging around and what I was getting in, you know, from hanging around those people. And I've done this a lot throughout my life. And not that I've ended relationships with some of my friends, but they just have transitioned to be a little different over time. And so I really have found over the past year or two that my associations are changing a lot. And I'm starting to be around people who really motivate and inspire me and are helping me to remain healthy and balanced. And I feel good around those people. And I know they're helping me grow and be a more stronger woman than I've been in the past so that I can accomplish more to help more people. And so I think that's the big challenge I have is really just finding that balance and making sure that I stay on task with what I'm really want to have in my life. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of women listening right now can relate to that because as we know, the women in this community, they're go-getters, they're high achievers, they're up to something in the world, but that means you have to be very mindful of your health and your health is all is 
largely about what you're consuming, not just the food that you're eating, but the conversations and the content in your life. That includes the people in your life, what you're reading, what you're watching, what, you know, music you're listening to, you know, food you put in your bodies, how you, you know, move your body, how you be active, all of that plays into your health. And I, I love how you underscored several different areas. This is this is what you're all about, that holistic <laughs> approach to life. And, you know, I think that is something a lot of us are struggling with of how do we be go-getters, right? I, you know, have those irons in the fire, but also being very mindful to take really good care of ourselves so that we can sustain our, our energy levels over time. Absolutely. All right, Linda, now I'm going into a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I love to pay compliments to people. And I don't care how simple it is. It could be complimenting somebody on their scarf because it brings out the color of their eyes. It could be some work that they've done that they don't really think was that important, but I recognize the hard work they put into something. And I really feel like when you compliment people, no matter what it is that you bring out, you watch them shine, right? Because people don't receive compliments enough. And especially when it comes into like the work field, when you help people see beyond where they think they are. It really inspires people and it wants them to do, it gets them to want to do more. And so I really believe that the one skill that I really have um, that helps is bringing out people's true potential by recognizing who they are, focusing on some strengths that they have and letting them see that they can have more in their life, that they really want it. They just have to go after it and believe in themselves. And what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, gosh, if I could go back in time, I would say listen to your gut instinct more, trust it more, and really tune into your spiritual side. Now share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. I'm actually going to quote from the Bible, from Joshua um, chapter 1, verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that means a lot to me because I feel that I've had to be strong and courageous a lot in my life. And a lot of that has depended upon my faith and believing in what I couldn't see. And lastly, Linda, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Well, they can visit my website for my radio show. That is SuccessfulBalancedLiving.com, or they can email me directly at Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, at EssentialLivingMain.com. And for those of you who are on the go, you know you can find all the links and resources that Linda shared in this episode at WomenTakingTheLead.com, and she does spell her name L-Y-N-D-A. Um, so if you put that in the search bar, her show notes page will pop right up. And Linda, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much, Jody. I appreciate you asking me on the show today. Before we say goodbye, I want to give a huge shout out to Millie Welsh at Zebra Lab Web Solutions. She does the hosting for the Women Taking the Lead website, as well as the SEO and payment solutions. So if you need help with any of these things, contact Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. 
Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.